Physiologically, great sex is when our nerves are firing strong, rapid impulses to and from our genitals. It's when our blood vessels are delivering optimal blood flow, and it's when our sex hormones are balanced. And there's tons of research showing how food affects all three of those. Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How how do do you do you? Okay, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Sounded like you had an accent a little bit. Here, here we, we are. are. <laughs> Welcome back to another week with us. Yep. Your favorite people. In the whole wide world. In the whole wide world. You're my favorite person. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that cute? <laughs> Anyways. Any- <laughs> just kidding. You're al- mine too. <laughs> don't you hate when you say something to somebody and then they just don't yeah. respond? Yeah. It hurts. Absolutely. Or you give them a compliment and they're like, hmm. I hate that and in I'm just public. Like, Excuse me. Like when you see somebody and you're like, "Oh, they look so good," and you decide to tell them, and then they're like, "Thank you, thank you." It's and like, I mean, not that every person has to give me something back, but like every person should give me something back. <laughs> Absolutely, because <laughs> honestly, at that point, it's like I want to suck my compliment back into my body and be like, "Fuck you, bitch." Never mind then. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually don't like the word bitch. Uh, I think it's <laughs> offensive, but I like the word cunt, and I think it's less offensive. I don't know why, but when. S- Specifically when my partner calls like a woman a bitch, I'm like, take that back, you mm-hmm. misogynist piece of shit. Call her a cunt if you're going like, to say, say anything. Say cunt. <laughs> like put some, I don't know. It's, bitch just sounds wrong to me. Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. It was a bad taste. I remember you saying that. I don't know. It's so ingrained in my vernacular. It just mm. comes out. Cunt, it took me a while. I, I will love say, the word cunt. Yeah. Once we started the podcast, I don't know why, but we just got so used to saying other words. And I was like, hey, Sorry, that's we're in dog. a meeting. Shut up, you cunt. Shut up, you cunt. <laughs> you stupid cunt. That's quite enough. Oh, he's sad. Anyway. He's fine. He's been a dick today. Um, so those are words. Mm. So I had a couple things that I thought of. None of these are good stories. Okay. I just wanted to tell you. This them. is just a little get to know, a little, this get is to know what us. it's like to hang out with us. Yeah. These normally. are the stories I would tell Cass. Anyway. Um, so I had a dream the other night <laughs> mm-hmm. that I had sex with a clown, <gasps> like a really scary haunted house clown. Ew. I know. I don't know what that was, was about. Yeah. I, Cause I have a lot of like dreams where I have orgasms in them mm-hmm. and that was one of them. Like the real orgasm? Yeah. Like you woke up and you were like, oh, I'm having an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the clown did you good. I guess, which is weird. But I read an an episode. I read an article (laughs) in Cosmo of this girl who had sex with her boyfriend after they had dressed up as clowns and they still had their makeup on. And she said it was just so hot and like crazy because all their makeup was everywhere and they were like just two clowns fucking. Uh, so if that resonates with you, <laughs> that phrase resonates with me. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how I feel constantly huh. when I'm doing anything. 
Yeah. Anyway, so I just felt like I had to get that off my chest. Well, this is a safe space for you to share that. Thank Perhaps you. a brave space <laughs> for you to share that. Um, happy for you. Are clowns like a fear? I mean, I don't like clowns, but I'm not like I mean, terrified of like clowns. clowns. Yeah. If you do, you're turning us off. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't like them. I've never liked people who dress up as other things. That's not It's a fear of mine. What does that mean? Mascots. I, I oh. hate mascots. I, those okay. I have a fear of. So anything that's dressed up as something else, I don't like. But I wouldn't so say like, like is Disneyland triggering for you? It's very terrifying. If it's not a princess, you know, like when I can see their mm-hmm. face, fine. If it's not a princess, <laughs> I am not I do not interested. fuck with that. <laughs> no. I mean, if I can see their face and they're a human, that's a little different. And they're mm-hmm. not like crazy makeup. But if it's anything dressed in like a costume immediate so interesting. my heart rate is like through the roof and i just have like fight or flight it's really crazy are you gonna be okay or at our halloween or- party <laughs> i hope so it's a fully vaccinated halloween party for anybody who's wondering <laughs> but i don't think anyone's coming as like a full-fledged sports mascot well i'm gonna have to change my costume <laughs> <laughs> whatever shit shit anyway anyways that's not what we're talking about. No, it's at not. All today, that not was even just a little bit a little social corner. You know, these past couple of weeks, we've talked about poop a little bit more. Uh, we've talked about what sure. comes out of our body. So this week, we're like, it's high time <laughs> to talk about what we put in, in mm-hmm. our body. Actually, we talk about that most episodes, but it's usually um, in it's our usually, vaginas or our butts. Yeah, or we haven't talked about putting stuff in your urethra did you which you can it's called sounding urethral sounding i know look it up i think we've talked about it oh yeah we've touched on urethral sounding uh because we talked about it with electric play yes yeah it sounded terrifying Terrifying. to me but uh you do you anyways Uh we are talking about what to eat to have amazing sex Mm -hmm. because i don't know if you knew i don't know how much the food directly impacts your like blood flow your neurons all of that shit which just immediately affects your arousal and your pleasure mm-hmm. immediately long term yeah. and immediately it's yeah. wild i thought food was just like oh so you had enough energy to like stay awake Buck during hard. the whole time <laughs> not want to turn on the tv and close yeah, your eyes you know exactly but it is so much more than that it's literally your sexual function yes functioning functioning. So today we are talking with Christine. So she's an acupuncturist, an herbalist, and she specializes in sexual health. And she wrote the book Diet for Great Sex. So she's going to give you all the deets on how to eat for eat for sex. sex. Yeah. yeah. There's really no other way to put it. So enjoy. And we'll see you on the other side. Me. Sorry, we're a mess. Happy almost Halloween, honey. Trick-or-treating is fun, of course, but have you ever tried having clean balls? It's quite possibly my favorite (laughs) fall pastime. Uh, Cue our friends at Manscaped and their new refined body wash. Their signature scent will keep your full moons, mons, pumpkins, and corn mazes feeling good and smelling fresh. I don't even know what the fuck half that was supposed to be saying, but that's fine. Also at Manscaped, you can get their performance package 4.0, where you'll find the holy grail of all grooming items like the lawnmower, 4.0 pube trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose trimmer, ball deodorant, ball toner, plus their boxer briefs and travel bag. Hot damn. Everything you need and more to upgrade your grooming experience. (laughs) Sound like I'm going to pet. Yes, it sounds like you have an animal to take care of, which you do. You do, just in your pants. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with code DOOMY, D-E-W-M-E, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code DOOMY, D-E-W-M-E. Experience premium grooming with Manscaped. So my name is Christine Delosier. I am a licensed acupuncturist in private practice specializing in sexual health. And so I recently published a book called Diet for Great Sex. And um, the whole uh, basis of the book is uh, helping people to eat better for wonderful sex from a physiological standpoint. So um, I'm really excited to talk about that. Yes, we are too, because fueling yourself for sex is something I don't think we've really touched on. And it's Mm -mm. so important. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about how you started combining Chinese medicine, uh, sexual health and like nutrition, all of that together? Sure. So I, uh, I do have some training in uh, nutrition, but most of my background is in research. So the, you know, the, the scientific evidence that I rely on for all of the nutritional recommendations comes directly from, you know, the medical literature and nutritional research. Um, So when I was an undergrad, I trained to be a research scientist. And as such, I basically kind of wanted to say, see what the science had to say about it. I mean, I've always kind of been obsessed with um, nutrition and health and food. I'm a total foodie and, you know, I love to cook and, and make things, you know, like pretty food that I take pictures of. And I always kind of had this sense that, um, you know, it just seems so natural that of course what we eat affects sex, but, um, you know, to really see the evidence for it was a different story. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't always even start out uh, specializing in sexual health in my private practice. I, you know, like most acupuncturists, I treated a lot of people who were coming in for neck pain, back pain, things like that. And one day, one of my patients came in and he said, um, could you help me to have stronger erections? You know, it's something I've been struggling with. And so I said, sure, let's give it a whirl. And, um, you know, one of the points I wanted to use was on his perineum, you know, the area between the anus and the testicles. And, you know, I remember that day I was so incredibly nervous to even ask him if I could do that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so many um, people probably just cringed thinking about a little (laughs) acupuncture needle right there. Yeah. Well, it's, I was so surprised. It was just like, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, great. So the next time I saw him, he was so incredibly impressed and his wife was impressed. And, uh, you know, and then shortly after that, I treated a few more people for sexual health who had really good results. And I thought, boy, this is something that's really hard to treat in Western medicine and conventional medicine. It's just hard to treat periods. So the fact that we're getting such good results made me want to specialize in it. And so ever since then, I specialized in sexual health. And, um, you know, I just kind of wanted to, you know, help to support their treatment goals with nutrition. So I would always ask my patients, what are you eating? Um, You know, and so, you know, in Chinese medicine, we always aim to treat the root of health. Mm -hmm. And if you want to have, you know, if you want to look at the root of sexual health, you have to look at diet. So, you know, when, when we think about great sex, we usually think about who are with the situation, you know, the right person, the right ambience, the right mood, but physiologically great sex is when our nerves are firing strong rapid impulses to and from our genitals it's when our blood vessels are 
delivering optimal blood flow, and it's when our sex hormones are balanced. And there's tons of research showing how food affects all three of those. So that's pretty much what the whole book focuses on, but in a fun and kind of cheeky way, you know. Oh, I'm so excited to get into <laughs> each of those things. I do have a question, um, and it's kind of based on previous episodes that we've done, and I'm wondering if you can speak to it. And if you don't want to, that's totally okay. But we recently did an episode on diet culture. And so yeah. I'm wondering if we can speak to that in regards to, you know, we are talking about diet and I personally have struggled with disordered eating. And so whenever we go into something like this, I want to clarify, like, are these hard and fast rules or are these like, you know, some general guidelines to start incorporating? Is it really strict? Like, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, let me tell you that I've also struggled with, uh, you know, just loving myself, loving my body, and um, accepting who I who I am, and and um, you know, at any size, all of the sizes that I've been. And so, you know, even when I set out to write a book, uh, I'm not a size two. I'm not an athlete um, by any means. And I even struggled with the whole question of writing a book because I said, you know, aren't people going to say something like? Well, what business does this fat chick have telling me what I should eat? You know, clearly she hasn't figured it out for herself. You know, um, that was, you know, I, I, I've grown to love my body, but that was certainly a question I had, um, you know, but um, it's not about losing weight at all. It's about having better sex and anybody can do that. Anybody can take big or small steps, no matter what you, you know, how big of a change you want to make in your life or, or what you want to focus on, even if you want to focus on a great romp, you know, one great hot sex, there's even things that you can do that night. There's actually mm -hmm. foods that have been shown in research to immediately bring more blood flow. So something like spinach, you know, it's got lots of potassium. It's got uh, the dietary nitrates. Both of those actually dilate blood vessels in the short term. So you actually get more blood flow in the two hour period after eating it. So um, again, it's just about having great sex because being thin is not at all synonymous with um, being sexually fit. You know, um, you, you you can have hormonal imbalance at any size. You can have um, slow nerve conduction at any size. And um, so, again, it's not about size. Um, you know, I, I, I really did debate whether even to use the term diet in the, the title. Mm -hmm. and But it is, it is a diet. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. a way of eating. So, um, you know, I kind of wanted to differentiate it from a lot of the the fluff that's out there most of the stuff that you see on eating it's all focused on like aphrodisiacs that have only a little bit of research to support them um it is uh it is a way of eating and it's it's based in science but it's it's not about oh once you get thin you're gonna have great sex you know right. um, and i have a whole chapter on that as well you know all of the the emphasis in our uh in our media on um, you know, we have so many screens that we look at every single day from the television to our computers to memes to Instagram. And, you know, the message, even despite the awareness of diet culture, the message is if you don't look like the person that's on the screen, nobody's going to want to fuck you, you know, and you're unfuckable. So um, that uh, that's definitely not the message. The message is that um which is the truth honestly the truth of the matter is that most people are just looking for a connection with another human being um it's uh you know we will date people at various size you know my size has never been a barrier to me having great sex um the the biggest barrier was in my own mind and i kind of find um, that that's true for most people because 
no matter how uh, much we conform to the 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 um, the ideal in the media, um, we could feel like shit about ourselves. It does not mean feeling good about yourselves, no matter what you look like or how much you conform. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that clarification too, because I feel like going through the um, the PDF that you sent us of your book, it was reading the word diet felt more like exactly how you just described it. It was like, oh, this is how I fuel my body to have great sex, to be like a healthy person. It didn't feel like I was reading it as in like, oh, another thing to like restrictive. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great that you brought that up too, especially coming off the end of an episode that we just had. Um, Also in your book, you kind of lay out three basics that your diet helps. It's like your nerves, hormones, and blood flow. So can we start with hormones and how hormones, like just getting back to the basics, how hormones affect sex? Well, hormones and hormonal balance can kind of be thought of as a symphony. Uh, We focus when we're thinking about sex, um, you know, strong erections, good blood flow, and, um, you know, libido, that sort of thing. We, We tend to focus on testosterone and estrogen. You know, testosterone is just as important to female libido as it is to male libido. Um, But in reality, we're looking at uh, a symphony of hormones orchestrating, um, you know, influencing each other. And when one is out of whack, you know, it's usually many that are uh, off balance. And so, uh, you know, testosterone has a lot of research to show that it affects libido. It affects um, erectile strength. It affects blood flow. It affects pretty much everything. Um, and you know, things that we wouldn't think of as affecting testosterone, like our stress level do, you know, that when we are producing a lot of the stress hormone cortisol, for example, it, it tanks your testosterone, you know, even in the short term, you have short term dips in testosterone. That's going to, you know, dip your uh, arousal and libido, like a fatty meal, for example, one fatty meal, according to research, two hours later, your testosterone will be much lower. Um, Same with a really sugary meal. So, um, but all those hormones work together to, you know, basically affect how arousable we are, what our baseline libido is, um, and even, again, those things like sexual function. When you say fatty meal, do you mean like, like, is there a difference between what you're saying and like avocados? Or... There is, okay. yeah, yeah. There, the the way our bodies react to different fats is really significant. So, I more I'm referring to like a greasy, you know, mm-hmm. meal, uh, you know, fried, greasy, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, um, so for example, in one study, there were they measured uh, blood flow and arterial function in the two hour window after eating a greasy meal. And that was shown to stiffen arteries measurably. So that means less blood flow immediately, you know, two hours Mm -hmm. after eating that meal, but omega three fats on the other hand, actually had the opposite effect. So your blood vessels were actually more elastic and more able to deliver blood flow. And of course, most of us don't realize that blood flow is just as important to female bodies as it is to males. We all know that you to get an erection, you need blood. Mm-hmm. But when we have blood flow, we have more clitoral arousal, you know, clitoral mm-hmm. sensitivity, and it feels better when our partner touches us. So we need blood flow too. Yeah. I was looking through the blood flow part of your book and I was curious as to like 
how that would impact me. Cause I'm like, Oh, erections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But that really helps to engorge that whole vulva area, which is then affects sensitivity. Basically you're saying, right? Well, yeah, not only sensitivity, it affects uh, lubrication too, because most people don't realize actually lubrication is secondary to blood flow. Your blood, your lubrication actually relies on that fluid substance of blood and from it, it produces lubrication. Okay. So if we're having trouble with our arousal and with, you know, feeling like we're getting lubricated, should we really be like looking at our diet first then are like those the signs that are telling us that our diet's out of whack like what other signs can we look for well um the thing about it is okay so this is the kind of cruel joke of human beings (laughs) is that the arteries in the clitoris and penis are among the smallest in the body and what that means is that long before you have signs of heart disease you will have sexual signs of blockage because those are the first to get blocked and you don't have to have like acute heart disease to notice this. Uh, they did these studies, for example, on young people who were killed in combat or in car accidents and things like that. And they looked at their blood vessels and they showed that even as early as high school, people already had plaque accumulation. So that's basically early heart disease. That means most of us have some level of plaque accumulation as early as high school. So, and that just pretty much gets worse and worse as we get older. And it, the, the rate at which it gets worse is variable depending on the person. Oh, you just gave Cass 17 new things to worry about <laughs> in her life. <laughs> well, it's not about worry. Again, we're not, we don't mm-hmm. want to like create panic. All, all, all we want to do is say, hey, look at, we could, we could have better sex. Let's mm-hmm. figure out how, you know, we can have better sex, you know, tonight. Mm-hmm. We can have better sex for the rest of our lives. You know, let's just right. nourish our bodies. Let's treat our, our clitoris kindly, you know. Can we, in order to dispel some of this newfound panic, um, <laughs> just kidding, I'm easily panicked. Um, I'm fine. Um, can we talk about some of the foods that we can start incorporating in order to, you know, help those arteries and increase blood flow? Yeah, we talked about omega-3s. My, yeah, one of my favorite uh, ways to improve blood flow is by improving the amount, the foods that we eat that have a lot of potassium. There's not actually a long list of those. You really have to make an effort to get those. And human beings, we used to take in about 10 times as much potassium in our diets as sodium. Now it's the opposite. Because of our processed diets, we take in about 10 times as much sodium as potassium. And this wreaks havoc on our blood vessels. And Not only that, but to deal with all the excess sodium, our kidneys have to flush potassium um, with it. So, and that's when like 97% of Americans aren't getting enough potassium in their diets to begin with. So the foods that have a lot of potassium are like baked yams with the skins, baked potato with the skins, like so far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, these are all good. These are good, Mm -hmm. you know, nice foods. Um, oranges, bananas, leafy greens, they all have a lot of potassium. So those are good things. Just incorporate a couple of these in your diet and then you can get the others kind of piecemeal. And those also, so we're saying this for blood flow, does this also directly help our hormones and balancing those out? Um, cause I feel like that's kind of a really big topic right now is like 
learning what's affecting your hormones, do a good diet for your hormones. So I just kind of want the basic facts, not the mm-hmm. fad facts. Yeah, right. There's a lot of fad facts out mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, having a proper mineral balance will definitely help balance your hormones overall. Uh, another one, one very solid way to balance your hormones. I mean, there's a lot. I have a whole chapter on it, actually two chapters on it in the book. Um, but another really good way is to try to incorporate leafy greens in your diet on a regular basis. You know, human beings are designed to eat a lot of leafy greens. You know, we've kind of lost our way. We don't really know what to eat anymore. We're not like other animals where we just make a beeline for the right plant to eat. We we're all over the place and, and we rely on each other asking each other, what should I eat? What should I eat? Because we don't have that instinct anymore. But if you look at other primates, they sit around in trees eating a lot of leaves all day long. In doing so, they get a, many times the amount of minerals like potassium, uh, calcium, magnesium, that sort of thing. And um, they also uh, get you know, naturally occurring nitrates. One of the things that leafy greens does is it actually does help boost testosterone and it does help balance your sex hormones. So it does so, one of the, th- the ways it does it is with its uh, you know, zinc content. And zinc naturally reduces cortisol levels and in turn boosts testosterone and in, in optimally not not to excess mm-hmm. got it so eat a lot of leaves to feel less stressed yeah. and boost yes sexually sex hormones what are yep. some of your favorite ways to incorporate leafy greens hmm. well honestly i think um the what i say is this because Sometimes the idea of making this huge transformation in our diets and upturning our whole entire lifestyle isn't reasonable, you know, and it's not, you know, you want to set yourself up for success. So what I tell my patients is let's start with uh, one meal. You know, if you want to try to get a nice, healthy, a sex healthy routine, start with one meal and try to every work day, you know, bring a leafy green salad and a baked yam or a baked potato with you to work. Um, some places will do it for you if you're really busy, if you don't want to make a salad, or if you're mm-hmm. like me where I go to the public market and I buy like all this great produce, these beautiful heads of lettuce and, you know, and I spend like two hours or getting everything just right. And then I bring it home and I stick it in my fridge until it rots and I have to throw <laughs> it out, you know? So, yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, so I just buy it made sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, getting that, that's a nice routine. It's just one meal, so it's not a huge cramp in your lifestyle, but it brings so much to the table um, via minerals and, um, you know, phytonutrients that just really help do all of those things. The antioxidants in it will actually help speed nerve conduction, um, the naturally occurring nitrates and potassium really luxuriate those blood vessels, and um, it also even helps balance your sex hormones. Um, With my sensory issues, I don't like like leafy greens very much like uh especially kale and like harder leafy greens i don't know why they really freak me out what's worked for me is incredibly finely chopped salads like Hmm. everything Mm -hmm. finely chopped including leafy greens or just green smoothies is kind of the easiest one for Mm me that's good you can eat like a whole salad in a smoothie Mm -hmm. i mean if i if i make a blueberry smoothie i throw a huge handful of spinach in there Mm mm-hmm and it tastes really good. It doesn't, I don't even notice this. Exactly. And you've just had like a basically a whole salad, you mm-hmm. know. What are your thoughts on celery juice? I've heard a lot of that um, as being like the new hack. And I've also heard a lot against it. So what are your thoughts on it? Well, celery juice um, it does have a lot of potassium, which is great. It's got other mineral salts in it. 
Um, it's hydrating. It's very hydrating. It has um, a really nice um, mineral profile. So it's it's definitely something to uh, to enjoy for sure. Um, there's some people who are like experts on celery juice and really get into everything it has to offer. Um, there's a lot that it has to offer, but um, one of them is just it's it's naturally occurring, occurring uh, mineral salts. Okay. okay. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people using it as like the next diet hack. And then I feel like that's almost taking it too far where like you're negating right. the actual just like basic benefits that something like that could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard a lot like for and against. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, if you drink like a 16 ounce um, glass of celery juice, it's about the equivalent of an entire head of celery. So, um, and you know, most of the, you preserve most of the minerals when you, when you juice it. And you, the only thing you don't get really is the fiber the, mm-hmm. from the from the celery, so it's a nice way to kind of get a really concentrated dose of some of those minerals. That makes sense. Mother's Day is around the corner, and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to O-S-E-A malibu.com and use code d-e-w-m-e for 10 percent off you mentioned hydration and that's making me think about what hydration has to do with good mm. sex mm-hmm. yeah so um well what? one of the things that high, proper hydration does is um it helps you detoxify your body and keep it you know like everything all of the unwanted substances it allows them a venue to escape the body um and it's just uh you know, it, it is something that that's important for overall health. One of the things, um, you know, if you don't get a lot of water, you probably shouldn't be eating a lot of processed foods because processed foods exacerbate the problem of dehydration in general, you know, so all that, that salt, you want to be able to um, give your body a way to kind of flush out all that excess all that excess stuff. Mm-hmm. I imagine lubrication is also impacted. Mm-hmm. by dehydration yeah. and I imagine like blood flow, right? Well, yeah, because your <laughs> blood volume is reduced when you are dehydrated. Is there too much of a good thing? Like we're talking a lot about eating really well. Is it? Is there ever like a too hard that you can go with eating your leafy greens and all of these vitamins? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think when you stop enjoying food is definitely a point um, if you go to a gourmet dinner 
uh, that you would normally look forward to going to and you feel too guilty to eat um, and bring your salad with you when, when everybody else is eating, I would say, yeah, when we eat, our bodies produce dopamine. Okay, we release dopamine, and that's the pleasure chemical. We're supposed to get pleasure from food. And, you know, research shows that the healthier we eat, the more dopamine our bodies release from healthy foods. You know, when we eat more fatty, greasy, sugary foods, our bodies actually um, develop such that we need more fatty, greasy foods and before they'll release dopamine. Uh, so when we kind of cleanse it, we, we get back to uh, a basis uh, where we can get pleasure from, from healthy foods. Mm-hmm. But having said that, um, food is part of our socialization. It's part of our friendships and our communities and things like that. And um, it's it's meant to be enjoyed and enjoyed with friends and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. When you talk about sugar, I'm wondering, is there a difference between, you know, like the processed, like cane sugar, right? Is that? I don't know. Versus, (laughs) all I'm thinking of is crumble cookies. Mm. You know, like a crumble cookie, (laughs) like the sugar in a crumble cookie versus like honey and organic maple syrup. Like, is there a difference in the way that our body processes them slash the way that those would impact our sexual health? Well, honey and maple syrup actually have um, do have minerals and vitamins to bring to the table, mm-hmm. whereas uh, refined sugar doesn't generally. Okay. So there is that difference for sure. Um, as far as the way our our body, uh, the way our blood sugar responds, I think that they're pretty similar. Um, so there is a difference though between fruit sugars and like refined sugars. For example, there's lots of research showing that refined sugars will definitely throw off your hormonal balance so um you know people who drink more than one sugary beverage per day have altered estrogen levels you know have altered testosterone and have altered um things like you know insulin sensitivity things like ghrelin and leptin sensitivity so um ghrelin and leptin there are chemicals that tell us when we're full and when we're Mm -hmm. hungry but they also affect our sex hormones and on a beverage that's near and dear to my heart, how does caffeine affect our levels as well? I am, it's bad. I don't even want to say how much coffee I have a day, but <laughs> I try not to look yeah. into it too much because I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I didn't find a whole lot of research on that. Um, I this. didn't look though, honestly. <laughs> so I I don't know. You know, I, I really don't know. I mean, ca- coffee is a stimulant and it does reduce your blood sugar. So to the extent that it affects that, that, you know, that, that could be uh, something. Um, but if you don't have any blood sugar issues and you're drinking coffee, um, then it might not be, you know, it might not be a, a big deal. Okay. And I have one more beverage unless you were going to go no, on, go with your beverage. Um, so alcohol, does that constrict your blood vessels? Oh, that's a good question. You guys are asking me a lot of good questions. Today. <laughs> I'm um, just thinking of whiskey dick. <laughs> You know? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So the, 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 the general consensus on alcohol and sexual function in general is that a little bit lowers your inhibitions and can mm-hmm. be good for sex. Yeah, a lot will give you whiskey dick or, you know, you'll be, hell, you'll have like rotten teeth because you throw up all the time <laughs> and pass out, you know? Mm-hmm. So either way, it's not great for picking up, you know, chicks or guys or yeah. whatever. So I don't know if there's like a whiskey clit or anything, but 
I like that. That's it. (laughs) I really have a bad whiskey clit right now. (laughs) I just, I can't today. (laughs) So if we're, you know, eating lots of sugary foods, we're not really incorporating, you know, all the minerals and vitamins and, you know, we have a lot of hormone imbalance and maybe, you know, not great blood flow. What is sex feeling like at this point? Like, can you give some more examples of like symptoms that we're going to be experiencing? Because we talked about, you know, maybe you're not getting as lubricated. Maybe you're not getting as hard. Is there anything else? Like, is it maybe harder to reach orgasm or like Absolutely. you're just feeling less? Okay. That's the biggest thing. Okay. And in fact, that's the biggest complaint I have among my female patients who come in is difficulty achieving orgasm and low libido. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that people will definitely notice because there's a couple of things that happen. Uh, one of them is that you, when those nerves aren't firing as strong, as rapid of, of signals to and from the genitals, we won't feel as much pleasure at the same amount of touch. So when you're in high school, you have, you know, kind of optimal clitoral sensitivity, uh, as we experience, you know, oxidative stress to our nerves, which happens with life, Mm -hmm. um, that slows down for some, it slows down more than others. So type two diabetes, for example, is something that's known to really damage those nerves such that, you know, it's, it can be very challenging to have an orgasm for some people. Um, there are a lot of sexual side effects to type 2 diabetes because of that damage to those nerve pathways. Um, so it just basically feels like it doesn't feel as good when our partner touches our clitoris. Oh, that's if stupid that, that it was in high school because I didn't know how to use it then. Yeah, I wasn't using it at all then. That's not oh, fair. I thought I shouldn't be using it, you know? Exactly. It's like that's... Yeah. <laughs> Something doesn't make sense evolutionarily. Yeah, this, is a, this is a sick joke. That's that's wrong. And I'm not appreciative of this. Not at all. Big complaints. <laughs> Big complaints. So you've mentioned it. We've kind of set it in different questions, but you've brought up nerve pathways and how fast they go from point A to B. So can we talk a little bit directly about how our nerve pathways affect our sex? Okay. So let me tell you, some nerves go from the clitoris or penis to the spine, then to the brain, they're processed and they respond with another signal, you know, leading to things like lubrication or things like, um, erect erection, uh, engorgement, that sort of thing. Some nerves go to the spine and then they have, it's like a reflex, just like the doctor when he hits your knee and your, your knee jerks, that kind of reflex it's from your spine. It immediately causes um, arousal without being processed in your brain. Okay. So we have, uh, you know, lots of different nerve pathways associated with sexual function. Um, those, those nerve pathways, um, basically, they, they receive messages like that your partner is touching you or that you're touching yourself, and they send signals telling you to become wet, to become hard, you know, all those things. And so those, they rely on these, you know, the nerve integrity, basically. And when those nerves are damaged, you know, that, that whole process gets out of whack. And again, that means um, slow orgasm or difficult orgasm, difficult erection, lack of lubrication, all of those things. 
So those, it's like, those are all the communication pathways. It's all the, the wires that are hooked up to make sex work, basically. What are we doing that's hurting, that's causing that nerve damage? Now, you know, a lot of the things that we're doing are not even in our control. I mean, yes, our diets, you know, yes, all the processed foods we're eating, we're damaging them a lot with, um, you know, with all the, you know, the greasy, salty, uh, fatty, sugary meals that we eat for sure. But the research that I came across, there's an overwhelming amount of research showing that even, you know, things in our environments like our exposure to pollutants, excuse me, slows down those nerves because it does cause oxidative stress. And most of us think that that's just something that happens to somebody who lives next to, you know, the, uh, you know, waste site mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. But it's not uh, the amount that the average everyday American is exposed to is enough to cause oxidative stress that will affect our hormones, our sex hormones, and our nerves uh, that lead to and from our genitals. So there's very significant effect on sex for us, um, even those things. There are things we can do, though, to help to protect ourselves. So, for example, if all that damage is oxidative stress, if we eat more ox- antioxidants, that helps protect us against that, that damage. Ah, that's where that word comes in. Yeah, Dang. where do we get yeah. those? So um, any kind of fruits that are colorful, you know, so your berries, your mango, your, you know, your colorful vegetables, your um, vitamin C is a strong antioxidant, vitamin A is a, a strong antioxidant, your blueberries, um, you know, your your leafy greens, all of those have a lot of antioxidants. And one of the, my favorite things is mushrooms are loaded with antioxidants. I have a whole chapter of mushrooms in the book. <laughs> Oh, she loves a mushroom. I really, there's a, this has nothing to do with this. Thank you so much for that answer. Um, there's a mushroom foraging class near me and I uh, am going to make Emma go with me. And I'm so oh, excited oh, and see. so is she. Okay. Wow. Well, wait, now you guys are on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So you guys probably have chaga there. That's a mushroom. <laughs> we have chaga. We have chaga here on the East Coast and in, in Maine. But there's even there's Alaskan chaga. Anyways, chaga is a mushroom that grows inside the the bark of birch trees and and other certain other trees, and it's like this these woody knots, and it kind of looks like wood, but they cut them into chunks, and you boil them, and it turns the color of coffee. That's why one of the reasons it was used as a coffee substitute in World War II, and it has a really nice vanilla flavor. So, oh. I often recommend it to patients who don't like mushrooms because it tastes so good and you can you know you boil it up really strong make a really strong brew and then you can add like fennel and honey and cardamom and cinnamon nutmeg and make it into like a a chai chaga latte and drink it you can drink it iced or hot and it's so delicious and it just has a powerhouse of of these antioxidants that we're talking about chaga we got to look Now for you it. want to forage with me, don't I you? I don't want to forage. I want to go buy it at Whole Foods. <laughs> you can yeah. buy it on Etsy or you can buy it on Amazon. Okay. So I'll forage on Amazon. I'm really good at foraging through Amazon. Well, you can forage it. I've actually yeah. foraged it here. In, in the woods, We I see chaga. You know, sometimes I've foraged it and made my own brew. Oh, that's you're so, so cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking a lot about plants vegetables, fruits, amazing. Mm. Are there any diets that negative, like 
I'm thinking of veganism. I was vegan for a really long time. Is that beneficial to sexual health or does it, you know, hurt sexual health in any way? Is, you know, you know, animal protein important to sexual health at all? Well, you know, it depends. I mean, yeah. And you, you put it this way. You can eat well as a vegan. Uh, mm-hmm. You can eat well as a carnivore. Uh, one of the things that red meat, for example, brings to the table is a very bioavailable source of zinc. So, and that's really important. Most of us don't get enough zinc and it's, it's so readily absorbable by our bodies in, um, in meat like that. And, um, but if you get it from things like, um, beans and grains, if you're not soaking them, you're not getting the zinc because it's bound to something called, uh, these phytates, which makes it unusable by our bodies. Um, that's why a lot of, uh, indigenous peoples have always soaked or sprouted their grains uh it just makes it the the vitamins more absorbable for Mm. example okay so it's about how you utilize whatever diet you're on Mm -hmm. having the knowledge to get the right vitamins and whatever from what you're eating yeah okay i like that yeah um what are good does does all meat have benefits to our hormones are there meats to like kind of stay away from i'm a meat gal, so. Okay, yeah, so um, the, basically like the, the biggest concern with, like, eating a lot of meat is the fat content. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I'm a big proponent of the idea that, you know, that your processed meats are the ones that are the biggest culprits of problems, you know, um, whereas your natural, more natural sources of um, fats, did I say processed meats? I meant processed fats. Um, oh, got it, okay. Okay, yeah, sorry about that, so. <laughs> Yeah, your your more natural sources of fats like you know like like grass fed beef and you know things like that uh, just have a better nutritional profile. They're more absorbable by the body. They, your body's able to handle them um, better in general. So um, yeah, I mean meat meat definitely brings something to the ta- to the table for sure. Um, it does. Um, and, and if you look at other primates, um, mostly, it, you know the other primates take in between 0% of their calories from animal protein to 90% of their calories from animal protein. You know, the, the animals that are closest to us genetically are things like chimpanzees and they take in about, uh, I want to say six or 8% of their calories come from meat. Hmm. So, you know, if you look at traditional ancient Chinese um, dietary therapy, you know, people would eat, you know, rice, vegetables and a small amount of meat enough to give it flavor to add a little bit of fat and it was you know considered a a well-balanced meal it's never been advised in traditional chinese medicine to avoid meat because it's considered to be a blood tonic and not eating meat is considered to um, make people blood deficient okay so I think you mentioned this kind of at the beginning or were alluding to it but I would love to get into aphrodisiacs That is something we've wanted to talk about for a really long time. So could you tell us what they are? (laughs) Okay. So an aphrodisiac is something that either increases libido or it it improves sexual performance. So some of the ones that improve sexual performance, they might improve blood flow. They may raise testosterone. Uh, And for the most part, aphrodisiacs, I have a whole chapter on it on it in my book. And I tried to focus only on the ones who actually had some scientific research, 
But when I say they had some scientific research, I'm talking about, you know, a few studies, mm-hmm. a handful of studies. They're, they're not widely studied, but one of the more widely studied ones was saffron. There are lots of studies showing that saffron, you know, when subjects take saffron, they have more sex, they're hornier, they have more blood flow. Um, they even, even when they're sexually exhausted, they have more sex. Um, so lots of research on that, uh, which is interesting because it has such a long, beautiful history as an aphrodisiac, you know, even being used by Cleopatra with her lovers, you know, she would have these baths where she would, you know, um, sprinkle a half a cup of saffron, which is an enormous amount of saffron, considering that it's, you know, this tiny little piece of a flower. Um, And, you know, just to prepare for her lovers, for example. And, you know, even people who traveled uh, to the East were advised not to eat saffron rice because you were going to get some impure thoughts and and you might do something you regret, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or you might get seduced by, you know, by some, (laughs) by somebody (laughs) there. So Uh, lots of other ones like cloves. Cloves are fun. Cloves um, have been shown in research to actually have an immediate effect within a couple hours of eating them. Oh, wow. So I'm talking about like one or two studies that Mm -hmm. showed that. So with aphrodisiacs, is it, is this something you take, you know, you're like, I'm going to have sex tonight. I want to help get myself in the mood. Is that what an aphrodisiac is for? Or is it something you incorporate like on a consistent basis? Uh, They vary. Some of them are, you know, the former, some are the latter. Mm -hmm. So cloves had an immediate effect. A lot of the ones that that had research, these were taken over the course of like four weeks. Okay. Okay. And so what's the um, truth to like oysters and chocolate? Are those also incorporated into these aphrodisiacs? So, okay. So oysters. Uh, Well, let me tell you this. Zinc is one of those things that's a huge, huge player in sexual health. Um, you know, when guys have a low sperm count, their doctor may recommend zinc, you know, because um, it boosts sperm quality. It's important for our sex hormones. It's important for also all sorts of, um, you know, dimensions of sexual health. One oyster, just one, has 50% of your daily zinc content. Whoa. And That's there awesome. is a little bit of research to show that it is an effective aphrodisiac. Um so chocolate, on the other hand, you know, in ancient, uh, the ancient Aztecs, um, Montezuma would drink like 50 cups of chocolate to be able to satisfy all of his wives, you know, every single day. So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's a lot. laughs> yeah, but like, there's, there's really, they, lots of people have tried to study this, but there actually hasn't been any haven't been any studies that I saw at all that showed that it was an effective aphrodisiac. Okay. So there is truth to aphrodisiacs. I think that's kind of the point that we've tried to nail down is, are they real or not? You know, like, is there some type of foods that could help us have? Well, yeah. I mean, foods, they're, they're, they're one of those things that it's like, it's a very mild effect, but Mm -hmm. Hey, it's fun. There's not really any risk unless you're planning on, you know, overdoing a good thing. Like, you know, I read about somebody who thought it was a good idea to, like, drink a whole, like, gallon of soy sauce because, you know, I, I forgot what, and they ended up dying. So you're not going to, like, drink a whole gallon of cloves, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's 
it's not going to be good for you. And who knows what, you know, all sorts of things could happen. You know, I, I don't know. But if you're using reasonable amounts, like you would in a, a rice pilaf or something, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's safe and it's fun and you can play around with it. Um, it's not going to be like taking a Viagra, mm-hmm. but it, it will, you know, probably increase One blood flow. Oyster or, to the or... penis. <laughs> <laughs> with oysters, though, I mean, again, th- with that amount of zinc, yeah, um, that's, you know, that's that's bringing a lot to the table. That yeah. makes sense. I would rather have bad sex than drink a gallon of soy sauce. Yeah, well, you might die. <laughs> yeah. So, well, then, yeah, I'll take the bad sex. Are there any other foods that we didn't cover that you're like, yes, these are super important to incorporate in order to, you know, boost your sexual health? Um. Well, let's see. Well, let me see. Cruciferous. There's a lot of a lot of really important ones, but my favorites, of course, are leafy greens that we talked about. Mushrooms mm-hmm. are are really excellent. Cruciferous vegetables have this overall inflammation reducing effect on the body and they also help uh balance our sex hormones as well they're they're great for overall health you know they do things like improve your insulin sensitivity for example which of course affects your sex hormones and you know they do a lot of great things in the body they're more of like a general thing like let's try to incorporate more of these Mm -hmm. in our diets you know on a you know uh, as a as a rule of thumb and i'm sorry what did you say those ones were Cruciferous vegetables, so like your cauliflower, your broccoli, um, kale, um, Brussels sprouts, that sort of thing. We, we ate a buttload of Brussels sprouts right yeah, before this did. interview. Oh, so. look at that. Well, you know what? Brussels sprouts are high in um, nitric, uh, naturally occurring nitrates, too. So you guys will have more blood flow for the next couple hours. Fuck Great yeah, we will. There we yeah, go. There we that go. Was that, good. Good that was such a weird snack, but it's so good. It was so good. My partner makes a um, bowl of Brussels smashed Brussels sprouts. So you steam mm. them and then smash them and bake them. They're delicious. And they're that really good. So good. Oh yeah. my god, they're like my favorite food. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was yeah. delicious. Those could be on a, a a date night sex menu for sure. They do make you a little tootie. Yeah, <laughs> little tootie, <laughs> little tootie. Yeah. So but... well, you know, you, your partner just wears. A gas mask. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And then, We're but, all in COVID. We'll have our masks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I feel like, did we wrap that all up? Yeah. I feel good. Thank you. Oh, that was the most like God. dense interview. I feel like that was so good. Like in, in a good way. In the best yeah. way possible. So can you let our listeners know where they can continue connecting with you after this? Sure. Because oh my they're going to need to in your book yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah, so I am uh, my website is called dietforgreatsex.com. I'm at dietforgreatsex on Instagram and TikTok. I have a few recipe videos on there at dietforgreatsex as well. Perfect. Where can people buy your book? On Amazon. Beautiful. Yep. We'll link that in the show notes. Yes. Thank you so much. Adios, motherfuckers. <laughs> Gunt. Uh, yeah, Gunt. Gunty. Um, thank you to Christine for being on the episode today. And thank you to our hungry listeners for tuning in about food. I don't know. I was trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. It was a beautiful transition. Just Ew. a classic honey do me transition. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share it with somebody that you enjoy. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, eat for good sex. And if you have a couple of minutes, head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. Your reviews mean the damn world to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, yep. We read them before bed. It's we read how... them when we wake up. We read, we read them, them to our moms. Poop. 
Um, yeah, so if you want to make these gals day, do that, and we'll see you next week. Well, hold on, oh, wait. please. What what should they leave? Um, just any, like their favorite oh, food emoji? Yes. Whoops is right, Cass. Ugh, I'm a mess. So leave your favorite food emoji on your review, if this yeah. is what got you to Apple Podcasts. Review Thanks page. for holding up more than your half of this team. Yeah. <laughs> My back hurts from carrying this team. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm okay. I'll just go stretch. And on that note, we'll see you <laughs> next week. Yes. <laughs>